Hey there, we're bringing you some extra content this week. So, first off, thank you for checking out this episode of Raised on the Radio from the CEP Network. If you like what you hear, do us a favor and hit that subscribe button on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts and give us that five-star rating. Maybe even leave a review to let others know what you think of the show. And while you're at it, give us a like and a share on the socials and tell all your friends about the variety that you get right here on the CEP Network. The CEP Network has a promo code for one of the best nutrition and supplement companies in the business for you to use. Whether you're looking for a custom oatmeal, a multivitamin, a fantastic tasting protein that you can order by the pound, or simply looking for a company you know you can trust to send you the best quality products available, True Nutrition has you covered. Just go to truenutrition.com, look at all of the great products, place your order, and when you go to make your payment, type in CEPN in the promo code box for 5% off of your entire order. It is that easy. If you've been following us around on the social medias, you know that we've teamed up with Bijack out of St. Louis for all of our CEP Network merchandise for all of the shows. Bijack has raised the bar on comfort and convenience. Go to bijack.com slash CEP and take a look at the tees, hoodies, mugs, and koozies for Raised on the Radio and the rest of the CEP Network and get you some gear. You'll be glad you did. In this episode, we had a very special guest. We had the chance to interview undefeated Bellator featherweight Cody Law. He shared his backstory, his MMA influences, the adversity he faced on his journey, and a whole lot more. Make sure to go follow him at Cody Law on Facebook, at Cody Law MMA on Instagram, and at Cody Law underscore 160 on Twitter. And if you'd like to get a hold of Patrick Blair or myself, you can reach out on the social medias. You can reach us on the Raised on the Radio's Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter pages. And if you have any questions, concerns, comments, or topics you would like to get our thoughts on, don't hesitate to reach out. And now, let's get into this episode. Well, hello there. Thank you for checking out this episode of Raised on the Radio. I am one half of this show. I am Colt Brocato, my good friend Patrick Blair, and Zoomland as usual. We have a very special guest today. Mr. Cody Law, undefeated Bellator featherweight. How are you, sir? Good. How are you guys doing? Good. I'm doing well, man. Doing well. Doing well. Good. Thanks for how's having that, me. How's that sound? Undefeated. Sounds good. Undefeated Bellator featherweight, right? Yeah. It'll sound better when I have like double digit wins, but. There you go. I'm okay with well, it for now. Well, your last win was, we can still congratulate you. It wasn't that long ago. It was April 9th, Bellator 256. You're on yep. the same card as guys like Ryan Bader, Machida. You still got to be riding high. Uh, yeah, sort of. I mean, I, it feels like a while ago now, so. Back to work? Uh, um, yeah, sort of. I'm in Pennsylvania. I'm kind of training like uh, a little differently right now. I'm just, I'm doing some strength conditioning stuff and, and working some uh, lower intensity, like skill work with my coaches back here in Pennsylvania before I go back to Florida. But I'm staying in shape. I'm keeping my weight down. So when I get back to Florida, I'll be ready to hop right back into camp, hopefully. So you say you're keeping your weight down. What are you normally walking around at, you know, fighting at featherweight? Do you have a hard cut to get there or is it pretty, pretty, yeah. pretty decent one for you? I don't know. Like the hard is like subjective, right? Like, sure. It's probably not hard compared to some people's, but it still sucks. Like when I do it, I'm like, man, I'm going to 55 um, after this fight. <laughs> but then I make the weight and I have the first sip of water and I'm like, ah, I'm okay. I'm fine. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, I, maybe 15, 16 pounds, maybe, you know, uh, Right, right now I'm like 61, 62 in the morning, uh, which is really good. Last time I got a lot heavier, so I'm I'm happy with this walk around weight for now. Right man, on. Man, what is what is does 55 make you nervous as far as the talent that's in 55 in Bellator or no? No, not really yet. I mean, uh, I think 45 is probably deeper. Would yeah. you say? Um, 
I mean, 55 is just a different, it's just different bodies, different, the guys are a little slower, but they're a little bit bigger. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm a bit more of a grappler, right? So maybe that's, that's a tougher jump to go up in weight class because I want to grapple a little bit more, but maybe not. I don't know. I go with 55 pounders every day. And so I'm kind of used to that, uh, that size and, and strength advantage or, you know, whatever. I'm okay with it. So you fought, you fought twice in 2020. You've had your one fight in 2021 so far. Do you have anything coming up or is it still, still in the works? I'm hoping uh, we don't have anything settled right now, but I'm hoping for maybe like the end of June, early July. Okay. Nice. Yeah, nice. we'll see. Is there an opponent floating around? Is there a name out there? Or is it just going to be, here it is? No, uh, we don't have anything. I think they'll just like, they'll give me a couple of names, I think. And uh, we'll pick which one, which one we like the best, you know, pick which That's matchup it. looks the best, you know, right now I'm still developing. So I like to get, get like a few opponents and then think about which ones, which one poses a different problem. You know, like last time around we had a few names, but I really like the Southpaw um, matchup, something different, you know what I mean? And maybe next time it'll be a jujitsu guy or a strong wrestler. Some, so I keep getting different looks because I don't have that many fights in my whole, my whole life, you know? So I need these different looks. How, yeah. Mean, so, I mean, with, amateurs and now with bellator you eight fight win streak we gotta we gotta point that out absolutely you know, you're eight yeah. no but yeah so not a lot of fights i mean what when did you know you wanted to be a mixed martial artist because you did you know you had a, a really long wrestling career successful wrestling wrestling career as well in college i mean when did you know um since i was young man like probably like 14 years old yeah um i decided like I, that was what i wanted to do i always watched the uh, George St. Pierre fights, Anderson Silva fights. Like when I was young, those were my, my, my heroes, you know? And, uh, yeah, about 14 years old, I decided that was what I wanted to do. And then, uh, just kind of held on to it. And then as soon as I finished my, my national championship match, uh, 2018, that same week I, I started training MMA. So national championships. Let's, let's, let's get into that a little bit. Cause you, <laughs> it's, it's kind of known now we've watched a few previous things with you, with you talking about how your wrestling career kind of got off to a rocky start. Right. Yeah. And it kind of became Jordan-esque where, you know, you were bad at first. I don't want to call you bad, but you weren't so successful bad. at first. And then you got, <laughs> <laughs> you got better, you know? Yeah. Um, how, yeah. how did that all happen? What, what was the, what was the transition like? I mean, how did you go from being, what do you say, bad to national champion? I mean, that's crazy. Yeah. Uh, I mean, a lot of ups and downs, man, a lot of adversity and failure, honestly, you know, people don't talk about that. I think very much, but like a lot of failure. More failure than success, probably. You know, maybe I'm maybe I'm being like hard on myself, but that's that's the way you have to be almost. But a lot of failures and like heartbreaks and disappointments and just like being obsessed and, and really, really, I just really wanted to be a state champion so bad, and I was always coming up short. But I was so obsessed, I, I finally made it happen that I wanted to be a national champion so bad, and I failed and had adversity and all these you know things. But eventually, you know, you stick to it, and it worked out. You know, and I think that's it. Just being obsessed and, and getting through failure. Can you give us a little bit of, of that adversity on what you had to go through to get to that title? Uh, to the national title? Yeah. Um, yeah, even just in college, like I, you know, I went to Penn State and I was having a tough time there. You know, I was like, I was the starter as a freshman. And I didn't end up starting in the postseason, and then the following year, you know, I tried going up a weight class, um, way too big for me, and I was like, not, I was not mature. You know, I was not ready. Like I was mature from my age maybe, but I was not mature enough to where I was able to handle everything that I needed to be able to handle to, to, to make it at Penn state. And, uh, 
you know, so that was kind of heartbreaking for me, even though it was my decision to leave, it was heartbreaking for me because my dream was to be a national champion at Penn state. And then, you know, I went to Pitt Johnstown and I was ineligible for my, my second year. So I lost a year cause I transferred. And then my junior year, I was undefeated. I, I still believe the best guy in the whole country at all the weights. And, uh, you know, I got upset in the quarterfinals and blew my peck out and had to drop out of the tournament. And, uh, at the time, everyone was like, oh, you just strained your bicep, you know, but I had blown my – took my pec right off the bone, completely snapped off the bone. And Damn. so I get home and, you know, they tell me like, hey, you got like five or six days to get surgery or else you, it's irreparable and you're going to be out for six months minimum. So oh, not shit. only did I like, you know, have my heart broken and lose that lose that national championship that I wanted so bad, uh, I couldn't even do anything about it. You know, you at least you lose, you can go home and start working hard again. But I lost and I had to go home and to get surgery and – and be in a sling and lose all my muscle. And it was a hard time, you know, six months. And then even when my senior year started, I still wasn't even back to close to hundred percent. I had lost so much muscle. I just was cleared before the first match of the season. So it took me until like January until I started getting back to normal and nationals is the beginning of March. So it was a rough ride, Ooh, but man. I ended up all peaking at the end, you know? Nice. So what was the, so you started at Penn state. Um, yeah, obviously the, one of the more, the easier schools to wrestle at, I'm sure. How did, <laughs> yeah. how did that happen? Like, so what was that process like? I mean, you basically transition your junior and senior year to being what you consider to be better than the first few years. How do you get recruited to a place like Penn state? Was it sort of quick? Did you see it coming? Was it kind of out of the, out of nowhere? Like, how did that happen? Uh, yeah, a little bit out of nowhere. I was, uh, so I think my high school coach, Jake Strayer, he wrestled for Penn state was all American. And uh, I wanted to wrestle at Penn state and they were the, big time powerhouse, you know, 2011, 2012. Um, I'm a junior. I got second in States. I placed at a couple of the national tournaments, you know, like fifth, third, maybe. And, uh, I was looking at Lehigh, um, pitch Johnstown where I ended up at and a few other schools. And, uh, I was pretty set on, I think going to pitch Johnstown or Lehigh and then Penn state reached out kind of last second. And of course, right away, I was like, yeah, I'm doing it. You know, didn't ask about scholarships or anything. I was just doing it. And, uh, I don't that's kind of what happened. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. crazy. I didn't know. Yeah. So were you in the, were you in the wrestling room at, you know, UPJ talking about how you were one day going to be a professional MMA fighter? Or did you kind of keep that yeah. under, under, under wraps or were you actually yeah. like, yeah, this is, I'm going to do it. Like when I'm done with this, I'm going to do it. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody knew everyone that was close to me, everyone around me knew that that was like the next step for me. So before, before you like, transitioned in it into MMA like when you were wrestling and stuff were you practicing sparring or anything like that or was wrestling the only thing going on then wrestling was all I was doing like okay. we kind of like I committed to only wrestling because I really had to be a national champion thank god I did because it set me up for some good opportunities in fighting um but I was fully in, uh, fully in wrestling before I started MMA gotcha so I'm assuming like as far as jiu-jitsu goes and things like that wrestling helped a lot with that or was jiu-jitsu a lot harder to to learn for you I think jiu-jitsu was hard. I mean, obviously, like, I, I'm doing well at it, but it, it was hard. You know, it's totally different. Wrestling is just – it's very different, you know, for self-explanatory reasons. But, I mean, I'm adapting to it. It's still – I have a great base because I, I have the ability to move my body really well from wrestling. But uh, it took – you know, there was a learning curve. Yeah. I heard you say that – I think I heard you say this in a previous interview. I think you said that it's harder for a striker to become a wrestler than it is a wrestler to become – a striker. Did I get it right? Yeah, yeah. It's how, hard how, for, uh, 
It's harder for a striker to become a wrestler, yeah. How quickly did you feel like you adapted your game into becoming the striker that you are right now? And obviously, I feel like you probably, with only eight fights and then three pro fights, you feel like you're getting better and need to get better. So, I mean, how quickly yeah. did you realize that was a part of your game that you had adopted and you were actually doing well at? Yeah, pretty much right away. I mean, I, I started boxing like right away, like that maybe that first or second week after nationals, I started boxing. I actually had two amateur boxing matches um, and I won both of them. Um, I, I really love boxing. I felt like I adapted pretty quickly. I think, I mean, for only, I've only been striking for three years. I feel like I'm doing pretty well in the striking department for only having three years of experience. Um, yeah, but I think that a striker trying to learn wrestling, it's so hard for them. You know, it's just, I don't know why, but that's just the way it seems to be. <laughs> Do you think it's a certain aspect of the technique that they don't get? They just, they're, they're not able to adapt to the style. Like, what do you think it is? I don't know, man. I think that like for wrestling, it's like, uh, you grow up like you're, as you're, you grow up wrestling, your body develops the ability to like, I don't know, move the way you need to move for wrestling. It's weird. I mean, obviously there's boxers like. Floyd Mayweather who boxed since they were young. Their, their level is unattainable unless you started at their age. You know what I mean? But I think that it's a little bit different for wrestling. Yeah, movement, gotcha. even like the muscle groups that you gain, you know, that you, you work on build, like building for wrestling too, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. I think, you know, you anyone that wrestled all their lives, they're, they're usually pretty strong. And they just have that natural strength just because your body, it, your body's developing while you're wrestling. So your body develops to be a strong wrestler. Right. You know, how did you, how did you end up? Well, not end up, but how, how, how did you get to American top team? Cause, and, and for our listeners that aren't in the know, I mean, we're giant MMA fans. We talk about it all the time, but you know, for our listeners that aren't in the know, I mean, talk about some of the savages that train with American yeah. top team besides yourself, obviously. Yeah, it's hard. It's hard to name them all. I don't like to leave guys out, but I mean, just like some big names, you know, obviously Dustin Poirier, George Masvidal, Marlon Marais, Edson Barbosa, uh, Pedro Munoz, um, Kyoji Horiguchi. A lot of people don't know, is, you know, I think he's a little bit under the radar, but I mean, he's one of the best pound for pound fighters in the world. And the list goes on and on. I can't name him. Only the who's who of MMA. <laughs> yeah, literally like some of the best pound for pound fighters in the whole world are, are right there, you know? Right. That's a, the great, best that's a great spot for you. So, I mean, how did, how did you get there? Yeah. What was that like? I actually uh, was in quarantine here in Pennsylvania last spring, and I was just training at home. I couldn't train anywhere. Uh, we were locked down, and I got asked to come down and help uh, George get ready for Usman for that very first fight. So it was like May when he was still thinking he was fighting Usman before they canceled it and made it Usman versus Burns, and then that fell through and made it them fight again. Wow. Uh, I went. I got called down to help him get ready, so – I got asked on, on like, you know, whatever day and the very next day I was on a flight and then I was down there for like, I don't know, maybe two months, two months straight. Even after the flight got canceled, I, I stayed down and they invited me to stay and I stayed down there until like mid-July before I came home again. And, and then now I've been there ever since, obviously. Are you, are you, what did you work on with him? Wrestling? Striking? Yeah. All of the yeah, above? I was, I was teaching him how to kickbox and, uh, you know, he was teaching me some jujitsu. Okay. That's a joke. Yeah. I was, I was there to wrestle. <laughs> <laughs> I just wrestled him. You know, every day I just wrestled him. Um, and uh, just trying to hold him down, keep him on the wall and stuff, and working on his get ups. And it was fun, man. I got jacked because every single day, twice a day, I was just squeezing, squeezing and wrestling and trying to ride. So my shoulders got nice and big and I wasn't cutting weight. So I got real heavy and it was nice. It was a good time period. 
Have you uh, have you had a chance to talk to him since the last Usman fight? Uh, no, I just sent him a text. You know, just like, just like, um, you know, as a, as a friend. Yeah, but for that's, sure. I, mean, I, haven't, I haven't seen him or anything. I'm I'm in, I'm in Florida, or Pennsylvania. He's in Florida, so. Gotcha. Yeah. I fi- I figure so I figure after that you're probably excited to get back down there though, right? Train with him again. Yeah. Yeah, I'm excited. I mean, I, I'm just excited for me and him to like not have fights scheduled and be able to just train without like an agenda, you know? Right. Because the last, we were, we were kind of on similar schedules. Like we both had a fight coming up the last couple months. So he was getting ready for his fight. I was getting ready for my fight. It's nice to be able to train together when we don't have fights and he can like, I learned so much from him, you know, just to like touch spar with him and learn and, and just be in there, you know? Right. So you mentioned GSP, um, you know, as one of your kind of your influences when you were younger, as far as MMA goes. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't think it's any secret to anyone that follows MMA that he's one of the better wrestlers the UFC has ever seen. And he used that wrestling to kind of keep his opponents guessing. And like, yeah. he never really knew what he was going to do because he would always just, you'd never knew. I mean, is that yeah. kind of what you're trying to inflict into your style and like bring into what you're doing when you take it into the cage? Yeah. Yeah. I think, you know, one of my favorite things about George uh, St. Pierre was that whoever he fought, he would just take it to where they were weak. Right. If he fought a great uh, jiu-jitsu guy like Jake Shields, he kept it standing and outstruck him. And if he fought a great striker, he would take him down, you know, and it's a little bit harder to do now. I think the, the game is changing. You know what I mean? Back then it was guys were a little bit more one dimensional where now it's like guys can be really good off their back and really good strikers. But I still like the whole concept of that. You know, I want to be able to like if I'm fighting a great striker, I can take him down if I need to. You know, but if, I, if I'm fighting a really great jiu-jitsu guy, I'm good enough on the feet that I can outstrike him on the feet. So uh, I like that blueprint that George laid out. Definitely. Definitely. Yeah, I guess the only bad thing about that is like your casual MMA fans, if you're trying to build a, a fan base per se, you know, your casual MMA fans just want the knockouts, right? So even if you're, yeah. you know, you're shooting for whatever they're weak at, if, if that means we're taking it to the ground for, you know, five rounds or three rounds or whatever, you know, you're not, you may, uh, yeah, fans might not, might not like it a whole lot, but you know, you got to do what you got to do when you're fighting somebody in a cage. Yeah, it's tough. You know, like I, I want finishes, man. I, I'm not – look, even if I'm fighting the best striker in the world, I'm not looking to go out there and just like shoot the first chance I get because I'm so terrified on the feet. I want to strike and see how I can do, you know. And if it's not going my way, I, I'm not I'm not going to be an idiot and put my put my health on the line for the sake of some people who have never fought a day in their life, you know. Right. I'll shoot and take them down. And if, Fuck them. If you don't have a problem <laughs> – if you got a problem with it, then get up. You know what I mean? Like get off the ground. Exactly. Uh, right. The last guy didn't really try to get up, and so it makes it kind of boring. You know, I was disappointed. When they try to get up and they open their guard, then things things can happen. You know, some action, some scrambles, some striking, but I don't know. I don't care. I'm, I'm looking for finishes, but I'm also I'm also not in there to, uh, you know, to get injured. That makes total sense. Do you think so? And this is something we, we talk about. Just when we talk about a fight card that we watched or something, I mean, we do. And we talk about the casual fan a lot. I mean, I consider myself yeah. to be more of a casual fan. I know Colt does as well. But, like, do you think it will ever get to a point where wrestling becomes – wrestling in MMA becomes something that the casual fan will gravitate to and, and be expecting and be happy when it happens? Because even during this last – you know, these last few cards, you hear people get a little disgruntled with the wrestling. And I'm like, well yeah. – and I, and you know, my wife will ask me like, well, why, why, I don't understand. Like the guy's doing well. Why are they doing bless her heart? Yeah. And I'll go, well, they just don't understand what's happening. They don't understand how dominant the guy yeah. is in order to be in that position and control the fight the way that he's 
controlling it, you know? Yeah. Yeah, it's tough, you know, because if you if you really like know jujitsu and know wrestling, like it's very exciting to watch uh, the ground game because when you understand what's happening, it's it's amazing. But I think I think we're going to move in that direction. I think even um, this past weekend, you heard some cheers whenever there was takedowns. You know what I mean? Like when Usman slammed George, like people were cheering. Uh, surprisingly enough, in Miami when they're 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 against Usman, I heard cheers just because it was a big slam. Even you know what I mean? Like. I think we're headed in that direction, but what are you going to do? You know, like, can you imagine, can you imagine if, uh, if it was a wrestling based sport and people who were strikers the whole lives were expected to wrestle, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. And just throw the striking out the window. Like people expect you, if you're a wrestler all your life to go in there and be like, well, I'm really good at wrestling, but I'm not going to do it. I'm just going to strike, you know, it's crazy. Besides, besides George, is there anyone else like, wrestler and i'm you know using air quotes there that was considered to be a wrestler and then evolved into striking that you kind of inspires you as well um trying to think i don't know man i like like i love to watch i love to watch habib you know i like watching him he's not 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 crazy striker but he's an underrated striker um i think you proved that with connor <laughs> yeah yeah man the wrestling changes everything i think usman's kind of transitioning into that role right now where he, he's got some pretty good striking yeah, and man. uh he's not even like an amazing re- like it's not like he's going in there and taking guys down and mauling them i mean I, I haven't seen too many fights where he's taking guys down and just beating the shit out of them he takes guys down and controls them and he's getting good at striking but i like tabib's style you know because he's taking guys down and doing damage i like george's style um you know, Dillashaw's Dillashaw's a wrestler, you know, that, that strikes, but he doesn't really wrestle. Yeah. Kind of strictly strikes. So you got some guys like that that were wrestlers that don't uh I mean Justin Gacy was a wrestler and he he doesn't he doesn't wrestle at all. I don't know if he's ever shot a takedown in the cage. I we, think we, I think we were talking about that. Yeah, I don't think he has. Yeah, we've, <laughs> think, we've talked about that. I think he said that before defense. the Khabib fight, like it's yeah. crazy. I was just re listening to the Rogan podcast with him and Whitman, and I'm pretty sure he said he has zero attempted takedowns. Are you a uh, – uh, this just made me think of this. It's something that I heard recently that we've talked about. Are you a Michael Bisping fan? I do like Michael Bisping. I think he's – I like uh, I like listening to him talk, man. He's funny and he's, he's yeah. uh, really charismatic. He said uh, before the last UFC pay-per-view, I want to say during whatever show it was, but he never, he never attempted a submission in the UFC, not once. No and shit. I thought it was – I thought it was – just thinking about it, and then I started replaying a lot of his fights in his head, and I'm like – I don't know. Uh, I, yeah, I'm just like thinking of like the big names that he fought, like Vitor and Luke Rockhold, and like yeah, I don't know if he ever did. That's crazy to me. But yeah, hey, hard to believe. That's what you're saying. I mean, sometimes you adapt and you do what you need to do. Yeah, absolutely. You know, you said a while ago that uh, they were even in Miami that you heard some cheers even when or when there was takedowns and things like that. Um, I mean. I kind of lo- hang on. Patrick saved me here. I lost my train of thought here. Takedowns, cheers. <laughs> no, I know, um, but I lost what my question was going to be. My bad. <laughs> I'm not living right. inside your brain, bro. Yeah, it'll, it'll come back. It's right. okay. <laughs> what? Uh, so, what are some of your? Do you have like? So you said that like you like the boxing aspect of it too. So was boxing something as a young, like a teenager as well that you you watched as well as MMA, or was it mainly MMA? It was mainly MMA until semi recently. Like, definitely when I graduated college, I got really big into boxing. Like, I've watched probably every Canelo fight, and I've watched um, over and over again, 
all the Triple G fights, all the Floyd fights, all the Lomachenko fights. Um, I'm a big fan. You know, I love watching it. It's not super applicable to MMA because the distance is different and like those long combinations and stuff. You can't quite get away with those. I still love to watch it though. And even if I take a, I do take stuff away from it. You know, I mean, just, just from watching, I feel like I'll watch a bunch of Canelo stuff. And then one day, like I'll just do something in sparring. And I'll be like, man, I never practiced that before, but just from watching it so much, it's in my head, you know? So like, there's something, something to be said about just watching, you know? Okay. So I have to ask anytime we have a, a real fighter on the show, I have to ask just, you don't have to give me a long thing about this, but what, what do you make of Jake Paul in this situation? Do you think that my dogs are going crazy? Do you think that it's helping the fight business or hurting the fight business that this guy's getting all the attention that he's getting? I already know you would kick uh, his ass. That's not the question. I already know that. Yeah. But. <laughs> I don't know, man. It's like, I don't know what to think about it. My, my gut tells me it's hurting. Um, just cause I, I watched, too. I watched the, the tail end of the Ben Askren, Logan Paul. Is that who it is? Jake or was Paul. It Jake Paul? Well, Jake both Paul. of them. Both of them. Yeah. Jake Paul is, he seems like a bigger douche, but I don't, I haven't watched the other one really. Thank you. But, uh, he seems like a douche. Um, Agreed. just watching, just watching the, the tail end of that and seeing Snoop Dogg and Pete Davidson, it hurt my heart. <laughs> like it was like, this is, this is, this is disrespecting the sport of like real fighting. Like these are two yeah. guys that that wouldn't last a second you know what i mean like you just pay to watch them fight each other you know like who cares to hear them talk and then we got them talking and making a joke of the sport right and we got youtubers fighting and i don't know i mean hey if they're making money that's awesome but it's not real fighting i, I still don't right. see how celebrity I, boxing i still don't see how we yeah. have we actually have logan paul and floyd mayweather though I thought that was a joke until I still think it's a joke. I still don't think it's going to happen. Really? Yeah. I mean, they apparently it's apparently set like settled now. Like it's it's happening. I don't know, man. I don't know. I don't even I don't understand so I, I don't understand why Mayweather would take this. Why why is he why would he take this so seriously? Uh, uh well, probably I okay. won't take it seriously. He probably won't train for it. Probably just go no. in and, and piece him up for however long he wants to and get collect a paycheck, you know? Right. That's exactly. I mean, if yeah. you're Floyd, it makes sense. Like you can Gonna make a bunch of money to fight some guy that doesn't have any chance against you, no matter how big he is. You know. True. No. Yep. <laughs> so. Yeah. So I, thank you for answering that. I, I know you're probably tired of hearing it and being yeah. asked about it, but I. So I grew up watching boxing. My dad sat me down in front of the television and we watched like Mickey Ward and Arturo Gotti and George Foreman oh, fight yeah. and Evander Holyfield and Roy Jones, all these guys. So like I have a profound love for boxing in my heart just because I grew up on it and I love MMA too. But like he always, he always questions like, why are you so worked up about this? I'm like, well, because boxing has its enough problems as it is when it comes to emotions and people not fighting who they should. And we don't need, and I'm saying we like I box, but it doesn't need a guy like that coming in and getting more attention than actual fighters, you know? Because yeah. there were real boxers on that card that didn't get the attention yeah. that they deserve, you know? So it's just, it's a bummer, but what can you do? Yeah. It's too bad, man. I don't know what the answer is. Stop buying it, but everyone buys it, so. Thank you. <laughs> who, are you who, do? who did it? Who did it? I don't know. I didn't buy that shit. <laughs> who did it? <laughs> I ain't buying that. And I heard it was 50 bucks. I was like, yeah, if it's like five bucks, maybe I'll fucking, for Ben Askren, I'll watch it. But uh, 50 bucks? Yeah, right. Were you a Ben yeah, Askren was- fan beforehand? 
not really a Ben Askren fan, but he's a wrestler and he's uh, representing MMA. And I was like, I put some money down. I was like, man, the odds for Ben to win in the eighth round, I think, were like plus 10,000 or something. Holy wow. cow. So, so I put like 30 bucks down. I was like, man, I, if I win three grand, like, I think because in my head, I was like, dude, maybe that's how Ben, ben Askren is going to win. It's going to be like an, maybe an eighth round like Logan Paul, like he's never been in a real fight. Like maybe he gets overwhelmed because he can't finish him or something. My fingers were crossed. I, I mean, whatever. I loved Ben's attitude before the fight because he, you could, but I was predicting it. Like, I was like, I don't think he cares about winning. I think he's just, when yeah. that check clears, he's going to go, okay, how quickly can I get out of here? Not <laughs> yeah, saying that he really. wanted to lose and that he took a dive, but yeah, I just don't think he, like, his attitude was like, okay, if I win, I prove that this kid's not that tough. If I lose, yeah. I go back to my life. I go to my wrestling academies. I continue yeah. to be a coach. Nothing changes. And I love yeah. that attitude. Like he didn't get wrapped up in the like, I'm going to, I'm going to fuck this dude up and that's going to be it. Like I got to prove yeah. that I'm the real fighter. And like, he didn't take that approach at all. And I, I appreciated that. I didn't yeah. like the outcome, but you know, same, same. Yeah. I think we, I think we like him a little more cause he's a Mizzou guy, you know, oh, like, it's not right. too far yeah, away, There's that. but yep. yeah. <laughs> yep, but our, true. Our, you know, my first ever Bellator event that I went to was in Missouri. Oh really? Was it Rampage? Uh, 2018, whatever. 2018 in May. After, so I finished college. And that was nationals in March 2018, and my one teammate from back here in Pennsylvania fought, and I flew out with him, and I was there for in Missouri for that fight. Pretty nice. sure I was there. I think it was Rampage, and Michael Chandler fought on that card. Yeah, yeah, that was yeah. a good one. If yeah, that's Chandler one, was that... there. Chandler was there because I was. Yeah. In, I was he in knocked out uh, Pitbull, the other Pitbull. Yeah, yeah, I was there. Yep, that's a great card. Yeah, man. Yeah. So look at that. Full circle. You go to your, your first Bellator <laughs> event and there you are. Now you're yeah, in, I met, I met Rich Chow and all them guys. And then here, now here I am fighting for them. Nice. Awesome. I remember my question from a while ago. I was going to say, as far as the takedowns go and you hearing cheers, I was going to say, well, fans are back in the stands now. So now it's like, maybe they're just wanting to cheer for anything that they can because they're back in the, yeah. in the stands. So my question was going to be, how does that affect you? Because you haven't gotten to fight in front of fans yet or, or I mean, yeah. amateur level you did correct, but not, not professional yeah. yet. So do you think that's going to affect like, you any or motivate you anymore? Or I don't think it'll make a difference at all. Honestly. Okay. I don't think about that stuff. Like anything that's out of my control, I don't really think about or care about or, you know, doesn't, doesn't get in, you know? Gotcha. Okay. I like it. Do you have uh Asking about your favorite fighters. I mean, do you have some like favorite fights of all time that you go back and watch all, the, you know, just to sort of pump you up, get you motivated, take yeah. things away from, I mean, there's a couple that I really like. Um, I've rewatched the Dillashaw Barrow both fights. Oh, wow. A shit ton yeah. of times. Cause they're just, it's super nice. I would love to be that good at striking. Like the angles Dillashaw did. I rewatched the McGregor Mendez fight a lot just because I love like the whole storyline of the adversity and like, it is one of those gritty kind of fights, you know. I like that one. Um, I rewatched a few GSP fights a bunch of times, GSP versus Condit. Boxing-wise, I rewatched the Triple G uh, Canelo fights a hundred times probably. Um, yeah, I, I rewatch fights a lot. Like I, Most fights, I just rewatch the same ones over and over again. So which – which this is an important question here. Okay. We, are after, we are, after all, a music show. And again, I'm using air quotes there, but so – which walk-in 
for the Mendez McGregor, did you like better, Sinead O'Connor or Aaron Lewis? Sinead O'Connor. Yeah, that was that was crazy. Were you? It was the wrong answer. Gives you gives you goosebumps still. Yeah, it gave me goosebumps, man. I was like, I mean, the whole walkout thing was crazy. But whenever there's something about Sinead O'Connor, it sounded like a war song. Like it I felt is. like I was going to war, man. I, I get goosebumps right now thinking about it. that. Shit was the coolest. There'll never be a better walkout than that. That was no. that was unbelievable. Well, plus there were like fifteen thousand drunken Irish fans there that were ready to kill somebody anyway. <laughs> yeah, so it was like beer yeah. pouring down. You know, the yeah, walkout man. was fucking nuts, man. That was I, the I best. Loved that. I was really hoping you didn't say Aaron Lewis. I was like, oh, please don't say Aaron Lewis. I thought you guys were going to be like, I don't even really know him. But uh, that one was a little (laughs) bit of a letdown, honestly. Like, it was, I don't know, it was cool. But I I don't know. Compared to Sinead O'Connor, it was nothing. Absolutely. Yeah. So let me me ask you this. Is Bellator the final place you want to land? Or do you have a preference as far as between Bellator or UFC? Or you're not even thinking that far ahead right now? Yeah, I'm not really thinking about that. You know, I'm very happy with Bellator. They're taking good care of me and they're... You know, I mean, everybody that's everybody that's went over to Bellator from UFC seems like they're happier. Yeah, I keep hearing that kind of stuff, you know, and and right now I look at some of the pays and I'm like, man, I'm I'm doing pretty well. You know, I'm very happy uh, compared to like some of the pays that some of the lower level UFC guys are getting. And so if we continue on this trend, like, why would I leave a place where I'm, I have good relationships? I'm getting taken care of. I'm making good money. You know, right now I'm I'm in, I'm in Bellator, you know, I'm happy. Awesome. That was going to be my next question. And I was going to say, you can tread lightly, but yeah. So, I mean, the pay we hear all the time, you know, fighter, fighter pay is obviously a huge topic. If you, if you pay attention to MMA, it's always coming up. And so, yeah. I mean, we, we have heard in several and several different podcasts, reading articles that, you know, Bellator guys are just saying, just make it more like, that's just, just what it is. I mean, yeah. are you, you're kind of attesting to that? Yeah. Yeah. It's been great, man. I'm very, awesome. I'm very, obviously I want to make more, um, I know my worth, and as I continue to rack up wins, I think I'll get paid more. So I'm very happy with where I'm at even right now. It's just at O and O, very happy. Well, there's also the sponsorship aspect too, there, right? Yeah, yeah, man. Lot. I was, wow, oh, man. I was looking at, uh, I was looking at like the the Venom deal, and how much, uh, how much I would have gotten paid as a a fighter with only two fights going into my third fight, and I was like, man, I'm making like a couple times that in sponsorship money. From wow. local sponsors that I'm getting on my own, you know, right. uh, just from Pennsylvania people that are helping me out. Well, it's crazy. Shout, we, shout we, out some of your sponsors, please. Oh yeah, go ahead. Yeah. A bunch of them. I have, um, Axon Sledge is like my, my long-term sponsor right now. I have a, a long, like a, a long-term deal with them, well, a partnership and they're taking amazing care of me. Um, I've just started working with bespoke CBD, uh, for a year. And then uh, for this last fight, I had a bunch of really good ones. Uh, you know, Wessel and Company's a tax firm. Um, Tailgaters as a restaurant. They really helped me out. Um, a bunch more. I can't, I, I won't be able to remember them all. But uh, all of them, you know, I really appreciate. And yeah. all local, you know, all, all local Pennsylvania, Johnstown to Pittsburgh area. It's pretty cool. Nice. Awesome. You, you mentioned the Venom deal a while ago. We actually talked about that a few weeks ago. And like, if you look into that, it's not really that much. Isn't it like on some things, it's only like a hundred dollars, a couple of hundred dollars more or a couple of grand more than what the uh, Reebok deal was. Dude, it's like the same. It's like the same thing. It's, it's crazy. I don't understand how that's, how that's happening. I mean, yeah, I don't know, man. It's starting to be like weird. It's starting to make me wonder like, how is this happening? I don't know. It's not my problem, but I do think about it, you know? Yeah, for There's sure. other guys, you know, my friends fight in the UFC, and that sucks for them, you know? Yeah. 
Yeah, it's kind of weird. We we and just as an example that just came to mind as you you were saying that I remember one of Tyron Woodley's last fights. It wasn't the last one against Luke. So maybe it was the Covington fight, but he was making like a hundred grand more than a guy who was like on the prelims, not ranked, you know, for whatever reason. And I was like, I know who the guy is. Everyone knows who he is, but he's not ranked right now. He's kind of on the skids. Like how is a former champion who defended the belt four times or whatever it was like how it just didn't seem like the contrast between who one guy is and who the other is, you know, yeah. not to take anything away from the other guy, but it was just like, Whoa, that's really close. You, you would think that Tyron would be making way more than that guy, but it wasn't the case. Yeah. It's just very bizarre. He should be making so much money, you know? Yeah. He's, form, he's one of the greatest welterweights of all time. Like you know, love him or hate him. And he's had some pretty, you know, lackluster performances, but he's still, he's still one of the best welterweights mm-hmm. ever. Right. I mean, pretty unanimously. So he should be making a lot of money. Yeah. I mean, I, I stick up for him a lot because he's a hometown guy. Of course. And uh, I actually got to watch him wrestle in high school. And he was he was like the LeBron James of Missouri wrestling yeah. Uh, yeah. growing up here. So, like, you know, there, there he has a he has a place in my heart. I'll tell this story yeah. to you just because I told it once. But so I, I when I was wrestling, I was at a tournament and my co- I'm getting ready. I'm warming up. And my coach goes, you're on that six or whatever. Right. And I look over at Matt Six and I see Tyron Woodley and I go, there's no way that guy's the same weight as me. There's no fuck- How the fuck is he wrestling 135? There's no way. And I go, coach, Matt Six, look over there. Are you serious? And he goes, Matt Four, my bad. I'm like, oh, dude, dude, like my asshole just shrunk up. I was like, I'm going to get killed. But yeah, so uh, anyway, I just, you know, yeah, he's thick. I stick up for him a lot. But yeah, man, the, yeah. the, and so, well, let me ask you this, this since we're talking about him, he recently just got dropped from the rankings. Oh, and wow. I noticed there was a little back and forth with him and Jake Paul at that fight. So I said to Colt here, I go, yeah. Okay, so is there a pattern here? He gets dropped from the rankings. Does he get released from his contract? And then he goes and fight fights Jake Paul like people have been predicting. I hope so. I'll pay for that because I know Tyron. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. He'll work yeah. that kid over. <laughs> I'd like to see Tyron knock him out and then fight his fight the rest of his crew too. All those other yeah. uh <laughs> the in, boxers, in an MMA fight. In an MMA the yes fight. Men. Yeah, yeah, these guys, they're, they're literally paid hype, man. You know what I mean? Like, they're not talking about – they're talking talking shit face-to-face because they know they're protected. But if, if it was, like, outside, somewhere discreet, they wouldn't be saying a word, you know? Because no. in a real fight, they, they die. You know, they get left in the streets and they're dead. So, I don't know. That shit pisses me off when I see it. <laughs> I'm glad it does. I don't want to get you worked up, but I'm glad it does because yeah, it pisses you're me off, too. <laughs> Gonna need another drink here. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry about that. <laughs> it's my Friday, so drink. Yeah, asshole. It's Wednesday. <laughs> so you said if you if you can get another fight on the books, it'll probably be June, June or July. Is what you're shooting for, right? Yeah, probably late June, early July. So does it just depend on who your opponent would be, or are you would it be like an average, like a six week camp, something like that? What do you think? Yeah, I don't. I honestly don't really do camps. Like, I mean, I guess at a certain at a certain time out, we start getting in the cage and stuff, versus being just in like the general room sparring. Okay. Um, but I pretty much train the same either way. Now, right now, I'm like definitely not in like a camp because I'm in Pennsylvania and I'm not. I'm an hour and a half away from all my coaches, so like I have to drive a lot. But when I'm in Florida, I I do the same things every day, no matter what. Right? The training doesn't change. Like if I if I don't have any fights for three months, I'm training the same on Monday. I'm wrestling in the morning and I'm striking in the evening just the same as I would if I had a fight in four weeks. 
The only difference is maybe I'm a little bit smarter with it where I'm like, okay, maybe I need to take a day off today. I need to eat a little bit less or this or that, you know, more recovery, but doesn't really, I don't, I don't worry too much about that stuff. Maybe if I was going, if it was a championship fight and it was a five round fight, we'd have to really be smart about things, but I just stay in shape and train all the time. Nice. I like that. Do you, uh, do you have a number of years that you think you're going to be fighting? Do you have like a set plan? And if you do, do you, what do you want to do afterwards? Or you're just kind of like, you know what, let's see how it yeah. goes. And yeah, I really want to become world champion and, and win a bunch of world titles, hopefully a couple different weights. And, uh, I want to, I want to do a couple boxing, uh, pro boxing matches when I'm done with MMA. I really want to, when I'm maybe like 31, 32 box for a year or two, like a couple big boxing. No one's ever been an MMA world champion and a boxing world champion. And I really want to do that. You know, um, wow. It's a lofty goal and most people will probably laugh at me for it, but, uh, I want to do it really bad and I think I can. So that's my goal. And then hopefully be retired before 35 and be a businessman and <clears throat> retire and, you know, have some generational wealth build up and see where life takes me from there. Well, I like that you have that, those goals now early on, like, you know, you're not just yeah. one of those guys that's just going to die in the cage at one point. Cause you just got to keep on, keep on fighting until you can't fight anymore. You know? No, I want to make a lot of money and invest it and, and open some businesses. And, and, you know, I think I got a plan. I'll make it work. I'm not going to, I'm not going to fight until like, until I'm brain dead, you know, I, or, or not even brain dead, but just, hurting all the time you know what i mean it's not so much the brain but you, your legs kicked enough your legs fucking hurt you know <laughs> so i won't be in it that long that's nice. good yeah like he said that's good that you know that now we were just talking about uh jan and glover fighting for the title and he said you know i think glover's just gonna die in the cage not from a fight but just from old yeah. age he's just gonna die yeah. in the cage he's just gonna and uh and he's still a badass and i, and I love yeah. watching him but like god he's He's old. I mean, I hate to be disrespectful, but he's old, you know? Um, it's yeah. almost like, what, what else does he, I mean, it's like, he can't walk away. So it's good that you, yeah, you have those plans, you know? I, I love fighting so much, man. It's the only thing I think about. I'm obsessed, but I know that I don't want to do it forever because I know what it'll do to you. You know what I mean? For sure. Yeah. Other man. things in life for me. Are you married? I'm not. You're not. Okay. So uh -huh. you're good. You're good. <laughs> yeah. We're talking yeah, to you, guys. I'm still young. I'm still a young man. <laughs> you are, you're what, 20, 26? 26. Yeah, I just turned 26. 26. Yeah. Got a lot of time. Yeah. Make me feel like an old shithead. I'm, I'm taking my time with that. <laughs> <laughs> That's good, man. Yeah. Colt, what else you got, man? I don't know, man. I think we've gone, gone ran the gambit. Did we? I think so. So what else besides fighting are you into, man? I mean, what, what, I know that's such a generic question, but I mean, what, what do you try to keep busy with other, other than fighting or is it fighting just it? I mean, do you have other hobbies that you think like might consume you later on in life? Um, man, I don't know about consume me. Uh, I do things to pass the time in between training sessions. You know, I, I'll watch Netflix and I play guitar a little bit and I have okay. things I want to do. Like I love, I want to learn how to play piano like efficiently or proficiently. Um, uh, I don't know, man. Maybe collect watches. I don't know. <laughs> Did we just become best friends because I play guitar and I want to learn yeah. to play piano proficiently? And I, I want my son to learn piano. piano. Yeah, I'm currently <laughs> like at home. I, I have an out of tune piano here in my house and I'm playing random songs off of YouTube videos. But yeah. Yeah. We had one growing up and 
I, because I started playing guitar first, I just kind of taught myself how to fuck around on it and learn yeah. a few things. But like, I in no way know what I'm doing. I'm just making it up as I go. So it's yeah. definitely on my list of like things I need to do eventually is actually learn it. And then yeah, like I said, teach hard. my son. But yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, it's hard. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. I could not play anything. I, could, I played trumpet. Does that help? Yeah. Chop down trees all day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right, man. Well, we'll let you get out of here. Thank you so much for joining us. We Absolutely. wish you the best of luck with everything. We look forward to your next fight whenever that is, hopefully sooner than later. And, yep. you know, um, again, thank you, man. This is yeah. awesome. So. Absolutely. I appreciate you guys having me on. Absolutely. All right, man. Enjoy. Have a good night. Right. Thank Cheers, you by the way. Yeah. Yeah. Cheers. Appreciate that. <laughs> I'm not the only booze hound. I appreciate it. Yeah. <laughs> it's six o'clock. We're good. Yeah. You'll be all right. Yeah. Five o'clock your time. So we're, we're yep, all yep. good. Here we go. All right, guys. All right. Thanks all right. a lot. Thank you. Thank you. All right. See you, boys. See ya. See ya.